Welcome to Athlete Institute Pulse, episode six. Um, today we are chatting with uh, Robin Frame, um, a CrossFit member of ours for a few years now. You want to say hi, Robin? Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we just came up with a show title. We decided to call this one um, Like a Fine Wine will be the episode title, which Robin loves. Um, she just recently turned 50, um, which we'll touch on in this episode. And uh, I've had some people criticize me in the past because I, I said that Linda was the same age as my mother. And I'm not necessarily trying to poke fun at people's age, by the way. I'm just more so trying to uh, encourage people of all ages that, you know, age is just a number and you can come try CrossFit. So if you think I'm picking on Robin today, first of all, um, kiss my ass. Secondly, um, Robin and I are good friends and I don't, she knows I'm not picking on her. She knows. Anyways, let's get into it. Um, so welcome, Robin. You, um, you, I asked you if you wanted to be a member or a, a co-host here on um, the Athens to Pulse podcast, and you um, wholeheartedly agreed. Um, it, it, any hesitations? You nervous about this at all? No, no. not at all. Okay. No, I'm 50, right? So I've been around for a while. <laughs> so, yep. Some people come on here and they um, they get a little nervous about you know it's kind of intimidating, especially with their new podcast set up here in this room. Um, you come in and it seems kind of daunting that it's so official. We've got these super cool radio mics and. Um, so let, let's go way back, um, and, and let's talk about when you first got interested, like, were you athletic? Did you play sports as a kid? Did you, did you grow up exercising? Um, feed me, or, you know, fill us in on, on, um, kind of your early life as a kid growing up, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been involved in, in athletics for as long as I can remember. And I, to be honest, I think it probably all started out with my height and I you know even through public school um, I always had the track coach the volleyball coach the basketball coach right. um, pursuing me because of my height to come out and try out for these teams so I don't know whether it was necessarily um, that I had an interest initially more than it was these coaches kind of dragging me out to these tryouts <laughs> using you for your, your yeah your height and well, long for limbs. sure for sure, because there's, um, you know, with my height there, that brings with it a lot of advantages to a team. Yeah, a lot of, if those of you listening, if you don't know Robin, she's, what are you, six feet? Five what, eleven five and eleven? a half, yeah. <laughs> Very tall, yeah. Uh, especially for, for a female. That's, well, you know, let's face it, that's well above average for, mm-hmm. for most females, um, which I think is, what, five, seven, five, mm-hmm. eight, maybe, for average height. Okay, so, uh, and, and you played sports? Did you... Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely gravitated very much towards uh, volleyball. Loved, right. absolutely loved volleyball. Um, basketball was okay. I, I certainly played it um, every year, always, um, because of my height, you know, that the team needed me. So I would sort of suffer through basketball because I just couldn't wait to get to the, the volleyball stuff, which right. was what I really enjoyed. Um, but basketball is such a great running game, right? And yeah. I love running so much. So volleyball and basketball were huge for me as a kid, um, kind of coming through up through public school and into high school. And uh, but I also participated in track, so I did a lot of uh, relay running, high jump, triple jump, long jump, shot put. And what I discovered through um, some of these events that I would participate in was that I had strengths in areas I really didn't even know that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, with shot put, the, the coach just asked me to just come out, come out and try out just to see how you do. 
um, and I threw much further than most of the other kids that had been on the team for a really long time. So there were just these, there was these skills I had that I didn't know I had until yeah. I started getting more involved. And that's what generated the interest and kind of kept me involved in athletics. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I've talked to, to other people about this in the past that fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of kids grow up. Well, let me take a step back. We should feel privileged to know that kids in Canada have such, you know, opportunity to try so many different sports. But um, I know my, my kids as well. I grew up playing hockey and soccer and a lot of kids grow up, especially in Orangeville, playing hockey and maybe lacrosse or baseball or... Um, but they get kind of pigeonholed into trying a sport that maybe their parent played. Um, but really their physical attributes may be better suited for another sport that they, they've never had a chance to try. So I usually encourage people to go out and try other things and don't necessarily get stuck into, right, like the, the, the typical sports. So um, uh, where did you go to school? Um, where did you grow up? Yeah, so I was born in, in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I just, that. I have a vague sort of memory of Winnipeg because my father was in banking so um, I remember at the age of I think I was nine or ten um, he was transferred to a bank in Ontario so the whole family moved from Winnipeg to Ontario so for the most part I grew up in the East End so sort of uh, um, the Port Union and Lawrence area Scarborough in Toronto, in okay. Toronto. yeah so um, I went to uh, Dunbarton High School is where I went to high school and played a little bit, uh, bit of volleyball there. Um, but in the subsequent years, once getting into high school, athletics, something funny happens to people in high school. <laughs> it can be quite derailing, um, yeah. high school experiences, because I really fell off the map in terms of athletics and kind of went in another direction for a while. And then it really wasn't until um, I got out of high school and sort of got into the workflow and started working full time and supporting myself and matured that way mm -hmm. that I began to develop a much better appreciation for athletics in terms of staying healthy um, and energetic and just having the energy to be able to get through a work day and keep your stressors intact, right? And sort right. of keep all that managed. So that's when I began to develop a better appreciation for athletics and eating healthier and that type of thing. So, so were you working out at that point? So, how, like, what's the timeline on this? Were you in your twenties by this? Yeah, point? I would have been in my early twenties. Huh. Um, so that was when uh, I began to join sort of your mainstream gym. Okay. Um, at the t back then, it was I don't know if you remember um, uh, Super Fitness. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Super I was going to say, I'm, I'm only 33. Right, right. so, so <laughs> you, you must Google Super Fitness. And okay. For those of you that are sort of my age out there, you will recall Super Fitness. And I forget the girl's name who was sort of their spokesperson. But, but at any rate, at that time, I was working at a bank downtown with my father. So I, Super Fitness Toronto. Super Fitness, yeah. Um, you can find it on YouTube, by the way. I'm yes, right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> You'll have to watch this video. This oh, is incredible. It's 1984. It's in Toronto. Yeah, crazy times. I don't remember how many gyms there were, but um, we're on a big expansion program at Super Fitness. We have all new clubs and the latest high. Oh, so it's program. like a club. Yeah. Okay, so probably like a like a LA Fitness. Or... Uh, like an LA, not that different from a Good Life. Yeah. I mean, they're all the same. But it 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 thrived for a while, and then it just sort of. Off okay, so here's the thing. Um, I got to take a tangent here, which I do quite often <laughs> in the podcast for people to listen. 
Um, we hear this all the time where people say, oh, obesity rates are rising and I'm gaining weight and I'm getting heavier and yada, 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 yada. Never in the point, in any point in human history have we had the access to so many uh, ways of getting physical, especially with gyms. And research has shown us that people are exercising and being more active than ever before, yet they're continuing to gain weight and be unfit. And this is the big thing in CrossFit is that maybe these gyms aren't doing it correctly. Um, and a lot of people go to these gyms and continue to punish themselves by working out like a good life or like at LA fitness or like a 24 hour fitness, whatever the, you know, the, the box gym is doing their own thing, just working out, breaking a sweat and getting themselves nowhere. They're just spinning their wheels. So anyways, tangent over back to you. So, um, you were doing 24 hour fitness or sorry, um, super fitness. Yeah. And what I would notice, uh, you're working out on your own, reading uh, classes or anything or no, no, not really. I mean, I would do the odd aerobics class, yeah. right? If you can see people, I just did double quotations there. Aerobics class <laughs> back quotes. in the day, yeah. right? Um, and what I found, you know, sort of starting there and then over the years was very enthusiastic at first. I would even, you know, scrape together the pennies to hire a personal trainer for a couple of sessions just hmm. to make sure I, I kind of knew what I was doing. Just cheap. No, it isn't. It, it isn't cheap. cheap. And no. in your early 20s, when you're, you're just trying to make rent and, and put gas in your car, you know, it was pretty tough to do. So, um, but what I found was a pattern with me, and I think it is with a lot of people, people that I've spoken to. Um, I'm gung-ho for about the first three months. I'm going three times a week. It's fantastic. And then bleh, I just absolutely bottom out. I have no more motivation um, because it's so repetitive and boring and it got to the point where I would much rather go eat a cheeseburger than have to go back <laughs> to the gym in all honesty. Yeah. So then, you know, I'd locked in for a year membership, only gone for three months and I would maybe go sporadically over the, the balance of that year, but to, to absolutely no advantage to me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a number of years thinking, okay, this is going to be the gym that's really going to motivate me, or this is going to be the time. And it just never was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we see that all the time. And especially when, um, people don't combine say healthy eating with, with their exercise regimen, then they, they feel like, um, motivation is going to get them so far. They get to a certain point, realize that they're not really making the, the, the progress that they were looking for. And then think to themselves, well, why the hell am I doing this to myself? It's not, it's not working. I'm not enjoying it anymore. It's getting monotonous. So, so let's quit. So okay. So super fitness in the '80s. Uh, how long did that last? Were you like in and out of gyms for a while? Yeah, definitely. That went on for quite a while. And then um, when did you get into running? Yeah, it was I, just. I know you're a big runner. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I mean, I would experiment with running over the years here and there, and, and what I knew for certain about myself because of my height and frankly the length of my legs, I am an absolutely horrible sprinter. <laughs> I hated sprinting, I sucked at it, um, but I loved the long distance track and field, which I did a, a lot of in, in my track and field days at, um, in high school. Absolutely loved the cross country competitions. Right. Could run forever. And it wasn't that I was an overly fast runner, nor did I really aspire to be. Mm -hmm. um, I just really enjoyed getting out there and, and running just f because of the way it made me feel. It was like um, 
for the duration of the time that I was running at whatever pace it may be, just completely zenned out. And I was in a whole other, it was like I was having an out-of-body experience every time. Yeah, runners talk about that, like, zen-type moment that they get into. And um, and I've talked about this with other runners, too, is that unfortunately you... Um, runners end up chasing that high. There's a reason why they call it the runner's high is mm -hmm. because people, um, they you get that euphoric feeling, especially after a, I mean, you get into that rhythm on a longer distance run. Um, oh, plus it's just very meditative being out on a run. Usually if people are running through, you know, a forest or, you know, a, a trail somewhere. Um, and running's great. And I, I've done my fair share of distance running in the past too. Um, but I generally recommend it to be, you know, that sliver of your fitness rather than mm -hmm. everything you do. Um, okay, so uh, moving along then, you you have been going to the gym. Um, how long did you live in, t in Toronto until? So I live, we lived in Toronto um, sort of off and on and um, my family moved around a lot and then my parents split up when I was 15. So uh, we remained living in Scarborough, but a, but a different area of Scarborough over sort of down in Midland and Kingston Road area. And then my dad moved to Brampton. So what ended up happening was when I finished high school, um, I moved in with my father in Brampton because I had secured a position at the National Bank of Canada in Toronto, um, which was where my father at the time was a, uh, a loans manager. So we would, uh, it was much easier for me to live with him and commute back and forth from Brampton to Toronto um, by GO train. So then um, I lived in Brampton for a number of years, um, got, met my husband, my ex-husband, husband at the time, got married, had my first daughter, and still was sort of dabbling in gym stuff and maybe a little bit of power walking, like just kind of lame any, stuff. Any weightlifting? Um, no, really not. I mean, so I understand. This is what, your late 20s, early 30s probably? Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. And I understood the concept of weightlifting, and I think I knew somewhere in the back of my head that weightlifting was really important, but I had no idea what I was doing, where to begin, or what I needed to do. Yeah, so this would have been what? Um, mid to late 90s? Yeah, so this would have been, let's see, Emily was born in 1994. So yeah, mid to late 90s. Okay, so, yeah. and, and believe it or not, like, um, what most people don't know is it's not like, well, there's evidence of weightlifting for, you know, hundreds or thousands of years, um, more so just kind of generalized exercise. But the what we see with modern day weightlifting and a lot of the research that's gone into it has only been around since for the last, uh, I want to say 100 years or so. And even even still, um, it was always just thought to be um, bodybuilders, bodybuilders who were weightlifters. Um, and, and to be honest, and especially, and I've talked about this in the past, that um, introducing Olympic style weightlifting and strength training to women has really been you know, a fairly new thing within the last, you know, again, outside of Olympic weightlifters, outside of bodybuilders, outside of physique competitors, um, the idea of weightlifting for general fitness um, and well-being hasn't really been around for all that long. We're talking the last 10, 20, 25 years maybe. So, because it used to always just be move your body, right? And, and um, unfortunately, a lot of those old 
mentality still hang around. So, mm-hmm. okay, so we're talking late 90s, not a whole lot of weightlifting, just kind of general fitness and aerobics and step cl- or maybe some classes. You did some classes. Yeah, the there. odd class here and there. I would do stuff at home. Okay. You know, um, but, but the problem with not really knowing you want to be fit, but not really knowing it, a lot about it right. is you tend to focus only on what you perceive to be your problem areas, right? So suddenly I would be working oh, on like That's a great a, point. Yeah. I would be working out like a fiender on my abs yeah. or my butt or something that I thought was a problem Trouble area. areas for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not really, um, you know, doing the, the proper things at the proper time and yeah. the proper intervals. Because I really had no idea. Yeah, let's just do crunches until yeah, you until feel like you, puking. Yeah. Which is, you know, an hour worth of crunches is maybe going to burn you 120 calories. Um, exactly. I'm guessing, by the way, don't calculate this at home. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so when did uh, when did CrossFit come into this picture? So this CrossFit itself started in what two thousand five six, um, and then really started to pick up steam kind of late two thousands. There was originally so word for those folks that don't know at home uh, here at the Athlete Institute, we are called CrossFit Orangeville. Um, we formerly known as CrossFit Combine. There was another CrossFit Orangeville in town, which is where you originally started, That's correct? Right. Uh, um, Steve Neal, uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Neal, ran CrossFit Orangeville. It was the first CrossFit box in Orangeville, um, but a pretty small place. Yes. Um, wasn't really that big. Um, didn't really kind of hit, if you want to call it mainstream. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up in Orangeville and knowing that it was around. Um, I don't even know when he opened. You know, it couldn't have been any any earlier than probably 2008, 2009. Um, when did you start there? Do you remember? Um, I know that I can't remember what year it was. I want to say going on five, maybe six years. Because I've been here now going on five years. So well, you started here right, kind of right around the same time I took over, which was yeah. 2005. So I've been here for three years. Yes. So, you, so you probably were what Steve Neal's for a couple of years before that. Yeah. So I, then I would have started. Sorry, 2015, not 2005. Yeah. So then it would have been. I know that I was with Steve from the November was when I started to the following February when he shut his doors and then I so came here. So less than a year or a year and a year and a bit. A year and a bit. So that would have been a 2013. Yes. November, I think so. November 2013. Okay. So. Yeah, so Steve, so going on five the years. original CrossFit Orangeville closed in um, February of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this holding period, and then we ended up taking the name after that. Um, so you were at Steve's place, CrossFit Orangeville, obviously enjoyed CrossFit. You're working out with some of our other members there, mm-hmm. like Maria. And, um, who else were part of your morning crew there? Courtney, Courtney Maria, right. Bree, right. Um, Mo. There was a few... Yeah, so so what kind of, first of all, like how did you, why did you go start CrossFit? Why? <laughs> yeah, well, so I'll just back up a little bit and explain how I kind of got to that point in my life. So, okay. so what ended up happening was when I had my second daughter, Trinity, who's now 18, um, after I had her was when I began to sort of do this run-walk thing. And it was strictly because I was desperate to lose that final 20 pounds. Right. Because it would not come off. And those of you that have had more than one baby know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, stubborn right? weight. Yep. It would. It just wouldn't come off. So I started, um, I, I bought a book. And it was a book about running and sort of training for your called, first you know? marathon yeah, uh, by John Stanton um, uh-huh. of The Running Room. 
So he published a book, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, you'll find it when you, as you Google it now, but yeah, by John Stanton. So, Stanton? Mm-hmm. So, um... So he, oh, he started the running room? Yes, he did. Is that a Canadian company? It must uh, be, isn't it? I, I think, I think so. Um, but he had a training, a beginner's training program to run your first half marathon, and it consisted of, of a lot of, uh, uh walk-run ratios. Oh, okay. So I started out by doing sort of this... Intervals. Yeah. So it would be like a 10-minute walk and then a one-minute run. So it's just run. called running. Yes. The Complete Guide to Building Your Running Program. With a red cover. Kind John Stinn. Yeah. yeah, it's got a red banner. Yeah. It's a great book. I, I, I still have it. I've, I've yeah. kept it. Yeah. Because he's got some great half marathon, uh, 10K, and marathon programs. Yeah, and there's a lot of like apps and stuff you can use now, right? There's one called right. what, Couch to 5K. Yeah. Or whatever people did. Um, and again, I don't want to rag on running. I used to do distance running too. It, um, running's fun. It just I tell people, we'll give you the running in CrossFit, and you know this now. And yes. Anyways, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, no problem. So you you were running. You were doing this walk run program. Yeah. So where did CrossFit come into the picture? Well, I, I had I had discovered my I had um, I guess re rediscovered my love of running. So I eventually kind of worked my way up to being able to run all the time. Okay. So trained and and had run a few half marathons. Um. The problem became was that wasn't enough for me anymore because, you know, even though I was mom, two kids, really busy, full-time career, um, I need to have that fitness challenge to keep me engaged. If I don't if I don't have the challenge and things start to become monotonous, I drop off completely. Right. So um, what ended up happening was I'm sort of in my throes of, of training for marathons and stuff, and at the time I was working for GlaxoSmithKline. And I had a colleague of mine approach me about paddling for a dragon boat team. Okay. So this is how I got involved in, in competitive uh, paddling on a, on a mixed crew. So I did that for 10 years. Wow. So, you know, managed the crew, paddled for the cr- with the crew. We did really, really, really well. And mm-hmm. we kind of traveled all over and, and paddled. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm really tired of this now. Um, what am I going to do next? And that was when I started to hear about this CrossFit thing. What's this CrossFit thing? Where, where did you hear about it? Do you, do you remember? I can't remember. It might have been that I was surrounded by people who were starting to get involved in CrossFit, but I, I'd heard the term, but I really knew nothing about it. Okay. So at that point, I was living in Orangeville now. Okay. And um, it was just my, my girls and I living in, in Alton. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, what's this CrossFit thing? So I started to, to look up to see if what was going on in Orangeville. Um, because I didn't want to have to drive too far away right. to, to find this. And so that's when I found Steve Neal and his CrossFit box. And so I lined up a trial CrossFit uh, <laughs> workout one evening. He said, yeah, just, just come on in, you know, try it out and see what you think of it. Mm-hmm. And I went into this with such an ego, thinking, oh, I'm already in great shape. I'm a runner. This ought to be a breeze. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea. So it was not even a full workout. I mean, it was maybe 20 minutes. And yeah. I, can't, I couldn't even tell you what he had me doing. I'm sure the assault bike was part of it, though. <laughs> and for sure. Oh, probably were, not that long ago. It, might, it must have been rowing or something. Yeah, there would, there would have been rowing. There would have for sure been some squats. There would have been probably yeah. burpees and, you know, the things that make you want to puke. Yeah. And 20 minutes in, um, he stops me, and I, I look at him, and I'm just absolutely... Like, where's the bucket? Oh, my God. Yeah, white-faced. Yeah. 
and uh, I remember leaving and driving to another parking lot because I didn't want him to see me puke, <laughs> and I puked everywhere. <laughs> and I knew this was it. This this was the thing that I needed because that's not our intention, by the way. No, I mean I don't. I haven't, you know, really vomited. So I've come close a couple of times. No, but I, I never, to be honest with you, like to see people puke. No, but. But it's I kind of knew a, that was that was the challenge I needed to stay engaged. Yeah, some people are a bit more. They 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 hit that tipping point easier than others. Yeah. Um, and then over you go. Mm-hmm. We we had a guy. Um, I'm not going to mention my name because I don't. He may be listening. <laughs> um, um, when he first started CrossFit with us, big strong dude and um, has been, is just a naturally fit strong guy. Um, and he came in to try CrossFit. And I remember we were doing one of those CrossFit golf events. Um, for those of you that don't know what they are, maybe we'll program another one coming up soon. It's basically like nine exercises. You have a set number of uh, repetitions per exercise. Do you remember these? Yes, it's you so have much to, like, fun. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a ton of fun. It's so, so much fun. So, for example, if you do if we do 50 pull-ups and you do as few sets as possible, as soon as you let go of the, the bar, um, that's a stroke, like in golf. So if it takes you five sets of ten, then your, your score is five. Um, and I remember he sat down, I think the very first exercise was rowing. It was like, but it was a time thing, right? You had to finish X number of calories under a certain amount of time. And I was like, all right, I, like, I know you're a strong guy, but just, you know, take it easy. Don't, don't get started too quickly. You've got eight other exercises to do. He finished the row and was just like smoked himself. And then I think he did two or three more exercises and then proceeded to walk upstairs and puke. Um, and then that was it. He was done for the day. He didn't, he didn't finish. Um, and then I think the sec- he came back like a week later and did another CrossFit workout and went home and puked. And his, um, his wife was like, okay, you're not going back again. <laughs> you, you, you can't be doing this. Um, it's obviously gotten better and he's stuck with us. But, and she does it now too. So, um, But obviously our intention is not to get you to puke. But clearly that ends up being a moment of realization for a lot of people when they come in. And it's, okay, I'm, I thought I was fit. Um, but clearly I'm not as fit as I thought I was. Um, um, so you got hooked basically right away. Is this, yeah. is this what I'm hearing? Well, that? that was a very humbling experience for me on the one hand, right. um, which I think was a very good thing at that moment in my life to happen because, um, I realized that maybe cardiovascularly I was in okay shape because of the running and I could do long distances. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, real strength and endurance and those sort of those short-term bursts that I needed to have to, to get through some of these workouts, right. I did not have. And so then that became the challenge. Okay, what do I need to do? Um, and, and I guess what I have found over, over the last five, five plus years I've been doing this is, for me, it's not about... Um, um, trying to build up because I necessarily want to compete. I want to imp- you know, benchmark against myself and continually improve, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as it's... I age, as you pointed out earlier, you know, aging like a fine wine, um, now that I'm 50, it has become increasingly important to me. A, I, I want to set a really good example for my girls. Mm-hmm. You know, they see me going to the gym pretty much every day mm-hmm. and living a very uh, active um, relatively healthy lifestyle and mm-hmm. that type of thing, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll gorge on chocolate. Hey. But for the most part. Who doesn't? Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but they see how important fitness is to me. And I truly believe, you know, I, and I, to be honest with you, I think a lot of what drives me too is I don't want to be one of those old people who are sort of put in a corner in a wheelchair with a blanket over their knees going, you know, they're there, dear. Just, yeah. you know, we're, just stay there and we'll, we'll help you. Yeah. And I want to be independent and strong for as long as I possibly can. Yep. And that's, that's uh, one of the primary reasons, right? Like, um, uh, maintaining independence is, mm -hmm. is a big thing. Um, and it should be, you know, the, the days where, you know, especially women rely on, you know, that big strapping husband to help them through everything should be gone, right? And, and I promote this to my wife as well, um, to be able to play with your kids. And, you know, my wife's down playing ball hockey in the basement with my kids and running around and, you know, having running races. She was in working out this morning and her and my six-year-old are running around the building racing each other, right? Like it's, um, um, women should be strong and powerful and independent and, and motivated by these types of things as well and, and, and regardless of age. So, and we've got quite a few members like that. Obviously, the previous, one of the previous podcasts was with Coach Linda and she's, shoot, now I forget how old, she's about 54, 55, 54, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I don't even know because she, she seems like she's in her 30s. Um, and same with you. Well, you were just talking to somebody, they didn't know you were 50. Yeah, I told them I was 35 and they 100% believed me, <laughs> which kind of made my day. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Okay, so let's talk about your, your, your experiences with CrossFit. Cause, so you started getting hooked. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that anything in CrossFit that um, kind of changed your opinion about things? Or like, well, how much did you know about it going in? I knew very little, okay. um, to be perfectly honest with you. And I did very little research going into it. I okay. just knew this CrossFit thing was something that seemed to be up my alley. Um, and I wanted to at least give it a try. Okay. And so there's a lot of different things that hooked me to CrossFit. Um, the, um, the program itself I love so much because it's never the same thing. Right. It's always different every day. So you really never know what you're going to get until you come in. Mm -hmm. And to be frank with you, I've stopped looking at the workout ahead of time. Because there are certain things which will sometimes... I don't even post all the details anymore. No, it's like, oh, some God, thrusters. Oh. Some people wimp out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people m motivate the hell out of me. Like when I take a look at some of the women around me um, who are so incredibly strong, mm -hmm. um, and I aspire to be... Um, to sort of get to their level or to certainly chase them. I may never be as strong as they are. I'm just perhaps not built that way. Right. And you know the people I'm talking about. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we've talked about this in the past. Like uh, CrossFit as a sport is really geared towards um, generally shorter individuals or mm -hmm. kind of average height females. Like they, they, they've plotted the, you know, um, the top CrossFit males and females from the CrossFit Games, and they they found that the top performers are, I, I believe, hover right around five foot eight or so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, certain things like squatting and um, well, squatting especially um, uh, tend to favor uh, or gymnastics movements. Say if you're if you're doing pull ups or push ups or handstand push ups, whatever it is, if you're a smaller body mass. Sure, you you may be slightly less muscular, but your strength to weight ratios and your joint angles and leverages and all these types of things. Uh, key takeaway is it generally favors shorter individuals. So somebody who's as tall as you are, you have a few advantages, right? Like ru running, mm -hmm. rowing, um, but that's not what this is about. And and sure, we have like little competitions here and there, and it's fun to strive and and compete with some individuals in the gym. But um, the key purpose is for 
obviously health and fitness. So, yeah. and and improving. And improving, yeah, I, I and improving, improving yourself, right? Yeah. Like it, and that's why some of those benchmark laws that we have come up from time to time, where, mm-hmm. where you can compare your scores to how you were two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, so when did you start? I guess you came over to us. What did we say? About February 2015. Yeah. I remember when we first met. You did a fundamentals class with yeah. like Maria and Maria Courtney. And Tom, and Tom. Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um and then. Uh, I took over the program a couple months after that, um, and you've been a member with us ever since. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything in particular that you dislike about CrossFit, despite, you know, there's a difference between um, hating something and hating something, right? Like, we all hate thrusters, but we know we got to do them. Um, is there anything that um, uh, kind of turns you away from CrossFit? Do, like, do you say... Because this is a common one. Actually, let's go beating around the bush here. Let's just get to it. Um, um, I, I've had women in the past, um, mostly women, because I don't think guys necessarily say this, but um, I'm getting too muscular or too bulky, or um, um, I don't like all the strength training, so you know I want more cardio, quote unquote. Um, do any of those things affect you? Does, does it bother you at all? No. You know the fact that we lift barbells and and dumbbells and kettlebells and d balls and no. no, I'm I'm uh, super proud of... Um, There's the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I'm super proud of some of the things that I'm able to do that 10 years ago I would have thought, no, pff, there's no way. I yeah. mean, that's, that's craziness, you yeah. know. Um, and now when I take a look at how far I've progressed in, in just in terms of my, my own improvements on things like deadlifts and... And those dreaded thrusters, and even, even the assault bike—that I will use the term "hated" <laughs> in the beginning. But but because of a, a recent knee injury, I've sort of become one with the assault bike. And yeah. I really, I can't say I dislike it that much anymore. And only <laughs> it's because I've become better and better at it, right? I, because I've had to. Yeah, we're only good, at, good at things we do often. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal in CrossFit is obviously to. To do some of these main movement patterns and exercises and energy system targets that um, just often enough so that we become, you know, pretty good at a lot of things rather than, right, like if you were to be a a marathon runner, sure, Mm. you'd have to do a lot of running, but then what else are you neglecting? So with CrossFit, it's let's do a little bit of everything. Let's throw in, okay, you're starting to get good at assault bike. Well, maybe now we're going to run and row and do pull-ups instead Mm -hmm. um, just so that you're not neglecting other areas. Well, it, it, and I, I will say it's sort of interesting because, um, as you know, um, CrossFit has developed a little bit of a reputation out there as being a bit of like a, a Mary Kay type of cult, right? And so it's crazy because I'm so proud of what we do and I'm so proud of this place. And so, you know, when I'm out with friends and, you know, they ask, what do you do for fitness? And I have to really hold back. I know. Because then now I get you the, almost... oh, you're one of those CrossFit people. It's yeah. Like, oh. What's that? What's that? <laughs> jo- yeah. What are the jokes? Like, um, a vegetarian, a CrossFitter, and, mm-hmm. you know, name something else that people are passionate about. Walk into a, a room. Um, how do you, how can you point them out? Oh, don't worry, though. I'll tell you. Right. Um, <laughs> so I have to be really careful. Um, yeah. I, I hate the the word cult, how it's thrown around mm-hmm. with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, ch- I'm, ch- I'm looking up the definition of cult now to see if how yeah. any of this applies to CrossFit. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but I, we do have a bit of a reputation out I there. I guess a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Um, misplaced or excessive? I guess if you... What, or, or is somebody a Toronto Maple Leafs cult member? You know, if they enjoy a sports team really well. Um, yeah, I, I don't even think I want to comment on that. Just that I don't I don't really talk about CrossFit, and I run the thing. Mm-hmm. If I have people that ask me about it, um, but outside of the gym, no, I'm not really going to talk about it. Because in my opinion, if, if, if somebody is going to be if – you, if you walk through the doors – and are interested in CrossFit and interested in putting an effort forth, then yeah, I'll tell you all about how great it is mm-hmm. and how great it can be for you. Um, if you're going to roll your eyes, if I mention it at a, a family gathering or mm-hmm. a party, then forget it. I'm not even going to waste my breath. So, um, Okay, so let's, uh, yeah, let's touch on the injury thing because mm-hmm. um, that was going to be our research topic today too um, since I like to bring up at least one... This was good timing, actually. I just stumbled across this one the other day. It was in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Um, so Robin's had a few little injuries recently, just kind of fairly minor stuff. Um, the one you were, you rolled your ankle, sprained your ankle really badly walking yeah. your dog. Right? Yes, Didn't you roll off the curb or something? Yes, I was not paying attention to what I was doing, folks. Take my advice, always pay attention to where your feet are. Yeah. Um, but I was out walking my dog and we were just we were literally playing fetch and I threw the ball and kind of stepped forward at the same time and my ankle rolled right off the curb and there was an audible I don't even know how to oh. just more like Snap. a like a stretching noise. I like it's hard to describe, but I knew right. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> and I heard it in my all. head, and I knew it was bad right away. And I went down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And um, so anyway, long story short, I get my. But you still my, came. You still came and worked out. Yeah, I get hauled off to the hospital. Thank God for my neighbors. It turned out to be a, a very bad sprain, along with uh, there was a bone chip. Now. The doctors didn't know whether that bone chip was old from a previous volleyball injury from when I was like 16 or whether it had happened during this injury. It's just kind of floating around in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it was a very, very bad sprain. And then recently you've had, you had, um, inflamed, um, meniscus, correct? Lateral, yeah. Lateral meniscus strain, strain, right. Which to be honest with you was worse than the broken ankle. Because it lingers and lingers, just yeah, that one because yeah. ten, that tends to be kind of like an overuse thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, you know what? Like um, one, I guess we could say was probably exercise related. The the lateral meniscus strain, um, the the ankle one was totally, you know, outside the gym. You, yeah. you rolled your ankle, um, uh, but it certainly certainly allowed us to kind of work together and figure out not only how can we modify and keep you moving, mm-hmm. but also to rehab and get your knee feeling better, which mm-hmm. you're on the mend. Yes, um, definitely. So Robin's definitely one of these like poster girls for um, gets, you know, an injury, it happens, um, but continues to come to the gym. And um, she's always so apologetic because she seems to think that she's hassling <laughs> me somehow. And it's more so, from my standpoint, it's not a hassle. It's more so just I'm like, Robin, remind me Mm. That, you know, if we're running a class with a whole bunch of people, I just need a friendly reminder that, oh, yeah, you know, the physiotherapist said no no um, knee flexion beyond 90 or whatever they say. Um, so we just have to modify it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the research article that we uh, came across, which, I, again, was great timing, 
Um, actually, I don't even know the date on this. I can't find it. Doesn't really. I matter. think I saw August twenty twelve. Was it that long ago? It might have been. Hmm. It was August something. Like I can't that. find I it here. Um, either way, it talks about the, the, the primary takeaway. Let me read through the abstract kind of quick. It says the, re the review of, uh, actually the title is Resistance Training and muscul Musculoskeletal Rehabilitation, um, a Systematic Review. So what they're, what they're looking at is people returning from injury. Um, and it says to review the efficacy of resistance training as a therapeutic modality in various musculoskeletal conditions. Um, blah 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 conclusion resistance training can be successfully or can be used successfully as a therapeutic modality in several musculoskeletal skeletal conditions especially those of chronic variety although the exact application of training intensity and volume of maximal for maximal therapeutic effects is still unclear it appears that resistance training guidelines which have proven effective in a healthy population can also be successfully applied in a rehabilitation context basically what the study was finding was that um uh, let's push people a little bit. And, and Robin and I have talked about this with both of her injuries. Um, sometimes people get an injury and they think they need to rest or they need to kind of get back to things slowly or they get a little nervous about rehabilitation. Um, but generally my guideline, and, and you know, we use pain as an indicator. Obviously, if somebody more qualified than me, such as a chiropractor or a physio or a doctor says, um, uh, hey, no, in this case with the, the meniscus strain, no knee flexion or no knee flexion beyond a certain degree um, so, or knee bending for those of you at home. Um, so we just find something else for her to do. It, it doesn't mean that she's going to, that Robin's going to sit around and, and, you know, be upset about the injury that she has and, and miss the gym. She still shows up. And we just modify the exercise. We had a great video on Instagram the other day, which a lot of people were spotted, noticed, and liked about we were doing D-ball cleans. So rather than picking the ball up off the floor, we just had to pick it up from knee height. That way your, your knees weren't flexing at all. But she's still using her back muscles and her glutes and her hamstrings. And, and a little bit of assessment between Robin and I, we also discovered that she seems to be quite weak in the hamstrings, mm -hmm. which may or may not have led to part of the issue with um, her meniscus strain. So if anything, it's kind of opened up new doors for us to kind of assess your movement patterns and, and look at ways that we can improve. Because um, let's face it, you with your long legs um, and your height, um, you tend to be a little bit more knee dominant or quad dominant in your movements. So uh, it never hurts to have a little bit more hamstring and glute recruitment so that you can uh, move a little better. But um, so what I encourage people to do, and, and some people look at me like I've got two heads at times, um, if you have an injury, and sometimes it happens in the gym, sometimes it happens outside the gym, um, obviously we take safety uh, you know, uh, in a, the highest regard in the gym, uh, but sometimes we get little nagging injuries here and there, whether it's an acute thing, so it happens right away, right? You drop a dumbbell on your foot, or you know you're, you stub your toe at home, you break your toe, and you, have, you, know, you can't really put weight on your foot, whatever it may be. Or chronic things like um, you've been kind of your squat looks okay, but over time we you know you're getting a little bit of knee pain here and there, or hip pain, or back pain, or shoulder pain, whatever it may be. Let's figure out the problem and then change that movement pattern. So um, people that criticize CrossFit for its you know apparently being dangerous, which is not, um, they never criticize or point fingers at people that play weekend sports 
you know, and blow out a groin. Uh, recently, I saw a guy whose knee was obliterated because he went to he went to play baseball and went to slide into. I don't mean to laugh, but the way he's explaining the story was he basically tried to slide into base, feet and head first at the same time, and sort of folded himself over and um, badly damaged his knee. Nobody says, "Oh, <laughs> baseball isn't that so dangerous." <laughs> it's always, um, um, "Oh." CrossFit's so dangerous. Well, no, actually what we're doing is, in a lot of cases, um, preventing those chronic ailments like sore backs and sore shoulders and sore hips and sore knees from sitting around at an office desk or on a couch too much. Um, sometimes, you know, pushing the envelope, uh, envelope a little bit, sometimes we get little aches and pains here and there, but then we, we rehabilitate and get back into action as soon as we can. Um, so, and what the study is backing us up, or backing this up, is that um, uh, activity is better. Uh, using your muscles and, and lifting things and, and pushing yourself a little bit more rather than being afraid of lifting some weights. You just may have to modify the exercise a little bit so that um, you're not continuing to, you know, make the injury worse, but you can still work around an injury and, and quite intensely still. So, as Robin pointed out, rather than maybe squatting or we wouldn't have you running. Um, she got to ride the bike quite a bit because she was cleared to ride the bike. There's not a ton of knee flexion there. Um, and um, something that she hated before, <laughs> the, the assault bike, now she's um, becoming more of a fan of. We can't say probably, you probably can't say you love it, but... I'm managing it much, much yeah, better. Yeah. You enjoy it more. Yeah. Hate it less. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself going from here? So actually, let's talk about that because... You're being a big jerk, and you're moving away. <laughs> yes, I know. Life, Robin's moving. Goes on, Robin, right? Robin's moving away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, I'm, all, I'm only kidding, by the way. She's she's going to be back from time to time, and yeah, that is my that is my goal is to um, stay connected to this gym in one way or another. Um, and you're looking for a new a new crossbow box. Yeah, where you're moving. I'm, we don't have to talk about where you're moving because it's private. Well, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to be moving to the Barry area, so there's several CrossFit boxes up there. I'm just sort of scouting around now, interviewing them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of in the pr preliminary stages of that, but I'm not going anywhere until my house sells anyway. So it hasn't sold. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here, you know, at the very least, probably until the end of September. If you want, so. I'll come with you and we can scout out some crossbow boxes and I'll say, I'll give them a thumbs up or the thumbs down. Yeah. No, for real? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe. I don't know. Uh, because the, I don't my, know if I got time. The problem is I go into these uh, CrossFit boxes in, in Barrie. It's like, listen, my coach is amazing. He's oh, got geez. a level three and I'm really scared I'm not going to be able to find the same thing up here. And they're like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of these types. And what do you, what are your coach's credentials? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um cool. So yeah, so but but you plan on continuing CrossFit? You're gonna yeah, keep doing yeah. it even even in Barry and for sure. Back I mean, into it's our so much gym a part from time of, to time. Yeah. It's so much a part of my life now and, and the one thing I wanted to comment just on my my two injuries really quickly was um, ironically the very first thing that went through my head both times when I hurt myself was, oh my God, am I still going to be able to go to the gym? <laughs> that, like, that is legitimately the first thing that went through my mind. Yeah. And then I was really afraid because I see people who... Um, well, I think both instances you text me right away. Yes. And you were like, oh my God, Tyler. I just sprained my ankle. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to come to the gym. Yeah. What, <laughs> I could like, like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, give it a week. Feel the sobbing <laughs> through the text message. <laughs> yeah. So just give us some time and come yeah. back as soon as you're ready and we'll get you doing something. Which has been really great. Remember when I had you doing like arms only assault bike 
Yes. That <laughs> lasted about five seconds. <laughs> it's like, no, that was I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, that's been a real eye-opener for me because one of the biggest fears I have is physically not being able to do these things. You know, if I, yeah. if I see uh, uh, a person in a wheelchair or a person who has a life altering injury mm -hmm. um, that won't be able to do certain things anymore, it, the, the thought absolutely terrifies me. So that's been a big motivator for me as well to come in even and work with you on getting around these injuries and doing things to, to help with the rehabilitation, right. which has been really great because as long as I can do something, I'm happy, right? And I can do my thing and uh, I feel like I've gotten a workout, and that's really important for me. But there's no question the CrossFit will, will continue. Cool. Just hopefully, uh, you know, and I would imagine I'll find a box up there that, that oh, will yeah. fit. Well, I will, you know, will fit together. Yep. That's really, the culture is really important for me. So I'm trying to think. I know we've had members come down from Barrie. I've heard good things about the Collingwood one. Oh, it, um, yeah. But that's it, a bit too far out. Industry's a big, a big box. Um, they actually have two in Collingwood. Do they? Okay. Um, and both I, I've heard are quite good. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest with you, I don't really know anybody at either one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, Collingwood's a, you know, a good trek from Barrie. Isn't it like still close to an hour? Mm -hmm. uh, Barrie has a number of boxes. You'll, you'll find something. Many, many, many. And they're all sort of in a concentrated area, yeah, too. Sort yeah. of in that industri industrial area of Barrie. So. Anyways, um, you'll find one. Mm -hmm. um, we're coming up on an hour now, so let's start to wrap things up. Any final sure. thoughts, ideas, jokes, quips, uh, concerns, quotes? Yeah, don't be afraid to try it. Yeah. I mean, for, for anyone that might be listening who is sort of entertaining the thought of maybe giving it a try, but they're really nervous about it, I would say just just try it. Yeah. You know, because... Um, it's, it's not a... It's not a 22-year-old guy thing. No. Right? I, like, I, you know, we see so many different kinds of people at all different in all different walks of life and at all different ages yeah from you know kids in high school yeah um right up to well, marco started with us when he was 13 yeah 12 yeah. something like that yeah it's, it's a great program yeah it, it really is yeah um cool okay well thanks for coming on today you're welcome um thanks for making the drive down and um you're going to be in town for a bit anyways, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. Haven't cool. seen the last of me yet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robin. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.